Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, here with my producer, executive producer, Andre Suttles. What's going on, everybody? Glad you're with us today, and uh, we're excited for today's episode. We have Ryan Alford in the building. Matter of fact, we're in Ryan Alford's building. (laughs) (laughs) We welcome you to the building. Yeah, it's it's a pleasure to be here, man, Man, and thanks for having us. Um, Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, man. I'm excited to do it. You know, we... Did the podcast, I guess, mm-hmm. earlier, was it earlier this year or last year? I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, you guys, you came on Radicals and happy to return the favor and talk, you know, life and marketing and mm-hmm. whatever we get into. We'll jump all into the, the no rain, no rainbows. And uh, I, I'd say this episode is is long overdue. Um, for the listeners at home, maybe uh, meeting you for the first time, why not let them know who it is you are and what it is you do? Well, I'm Ryan Alford. I'm the founder of Radical. We're a local ad agency here in Greenville, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. We're a full service agency. Uh, what does that mean? We do everything, just about everything marketing from website development to branding, uh, content development. We specialize in probably we're best known for social media marketing and management, mm-hmm. though we do a lot with digital media and different things like that. Um, so I'm founder of Radical, about two years old, but I've been in the ad agency and marketing business my entire career. So about 20 years, uh, to age myself a bit, uh, and have had a couple startups and we might get into a little bit of that, uh, in between, uh, but for the most part working in marketing, advertising, but from Greenville, South Carolina, born and raised, uh, in this market, uh, went to Clemson, graduated a marketing degree. Went straight into the agency business out of school and uh, have done that for yeah. pretty much my whole career and, uh, you know, have had a lot of uh, ventures. I've lived in Manhattan for five years uh, doing the big agency thing uh, and working on large brands and different things throughout my career. Uh, so I think I'm pretty pretty uh, worldly, yeah. uh, you know, having uh, grown up in the South and in Greenville, but traveled worldwide and in and out of the country with my jobs um, and working with different brands and agencies. So, uh, but uh, yeah, good old local boy that's uh, now an entrepreneur. I love it. I love it. And, and kind of jumping straight into things head first. When we talk about marketing, and this is a, a belief I've been part of for quite some time here. And a lot of people think, oh, do you need marketing? Do you need branding? And I believe everybody has to market themselves. They have to brand themselves at some point in time, especially especially in the world that we're living in now with social media and everything around us. How important is it for somebody to kind of pay attention to their brand? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, There's a lot of, there's so many channels now that weren't available, say 10, 15, obviously 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, it was kind of all mass media. You have TV, radio, advertising, expensive mediums, you know, both for that only really medium to large businesses could afford. So even small business struggled a bit and in telling their story. And when social media comes along, um, it's given an avenue not only for small business, but for people mm-hmm. to have avenues to grow their personal brand. And it's such an opportunity because, you know, even though organic reach and not to get too 
specific into the the technicalities of social media, both the opportunities, limitations, those kind of things. But the opportunities are so available with which to market yourself and create and tell your story and your persona, which makes you marketable. Even if you never want to be an entrepreneur, makes you marketable to the next company that you work for Mm -hmm. or in just laying the foundation for the business that you're going to build. Mm -hmm. We all do business with people and not brands and businesses. We do. So if you use these channels to tell your story, to lay the foundation, you're already one leg up, whether you go down the, I'm going to work for other people. I'm going to work for myself route Yeah, because you're laying the foundation for people to get to know you and why they'd want to do business with you. Yeah. I think that's important too, because I know in order for you to be in order for you, in order for you to tell a story, you have to be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and creativity is actually the number one sought after trait of recruiters today. Yeah. Um, anyone, people who are creative, who can innovate inside of be entrepreneurs inside of their businesses. So it's crazy how you, you know, you say that, but also it's, it's in today's world. It's something that is actually, we can apply. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, and it's just such the opportunity. It's kind of like, you know, it wasn't an opportunity 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's not, yeah, your personal brand was your business card or your relationships that were very, lived in a very small world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, no matter how much you networked and there were certainly, you can go to conferences and do things, but there wasn't LinkedIn. There yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. Facebook. There wasn't YouTube. Mm-hmm. There wasn't all these channels to tell your story mm-hmm. or to be transparent with what your values are or whether that's business or personally related. Mm-hmm. There just wasn't that opportunity. And now it's just like there for the taking. Yeah. And so you don't have to, but I think what a lot of people get a little caught up in is what to say, how to say mm-hmm. it. You know, we kind of like, we kind of like get paralyzed mm-hmm. in knowing how to use those channels sometimes. And that's become more of the challenge than the opportunity of what of using them. Yeah. But people get paralyzed in what to do and what to say on them. Yeah. And what would you say to somebody that's kind of in the in the camp of I don't need social media? And I'm not talking specifically just for business or or maybe just an individual. And because I feel like almost in today's day and age, an employer will check out your social media presence just to get a better idea of who you are. Do you think it would hurt somebody if they don't have that social media presence? You know, it's funny. The people that I hear say that are either 50 to 60 year olds in a really comfortable job mm-hmm. with seven figures in savings in the bank mm-hmm. and don't want to change their ways. And so they don't see a need to do it. Or it's people that have no initiative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I, the honest truth is I don't, I have yet to find the in-between. Like it's either people that I hear say that are always struggling or never kind of getting from point A to point B, or they're so set in their ways and maybe they've reached an eclipse of where they don't have to rely on it Mm -hmm. because the true answer is everyone should be doing it Yeah, and leveraging it. Even if it doesn't, there's levels of it. You know, you don't have to go on seven channels and do six things. You know, 
But as a business person, to not be on LinkedIn and not be engaging and not being posted, you know, a few things a month or whatever mm-hmm. is just crazy. Yeah, you you almost you limit your options if you're not on the platform and specifically talking to LinkedIn. That's where the recruiters are. So whatever industry you're in, if you're hoping to maybe find an opportunity above where you are right now, you almost have to be in an environment to be found. Yep. So be you need to be an expert. Like, you know, that's if you're no matter what you do, if you do insurance, if you're a lawyer, if you're a plumber, if you're a photographer, Mm -hmm. whatever your industry is, you you need to be an expert in that. Mm -hmm. You need to to share knowledge in that. You want people to hire you and to trust you and to do these things, then you need to show that you can do and talk about those things. Yeah. And to not use those channels to build that credibility is just a lot of opportunity lost. Yeah. And that's a perfect segue into building that expertise. Many would say, obviously, if you're running an ad agency, you know a thing or two about marketing, about running ads, and you've been in that for a long time. What was the journey like when you first got into the industry? What, I guess, are some stories that where you've fallen on your face along the way to get to where you are now? Well, <laughs> yeah, there's there's too many to count. Um, you know, the biggest thing in the marketing advertising has been just some of the things I already mentioned is the change of the mediums and the change of the dynamics. So, you know, growing up in, it's funny, I tell people I'm both analog and digital Mm -hmm. because, you know, being born in the late seventies, but coming up through, we had telephones and we, everything was done through the, all ads were in the newspaper. Like when I started in advertising, it was all newspaper advertising. Like this, and this is in 2001. This isn't like, you know, in 1974, 2001, newspaper ads, magazine ads, billboards, and yeah, of course, television. And when I started as a junior account executive in marketing, we were running, there was like 700 newspapers. And my job was literally taking an ad that would be created for Verizon Wireless and resizing it with my graphic designers 700 different variations and you would think it wouldn't change much but it's funny how the perspective of the phone and the person in the copy does change when those sizes anyone that's a graphic designer is shot sh- shaking their head nodding their head right now <laughs> and literally that's what i i i would and you don't know it's funny it, you'll blow your mind but somehow versioning from an eight and a half by 11 ad to a seven by six ad certainly it becomes square not rectangle mm-hmm. somehow text gets misspelled i don't know how that happened in the resizing so i had to proof 700 ads you know to make sure that okay the copy everything looks good and art director would look at it too my art director got this is pretty oh it's still pretty okay well let me check all the words and make sure they're spelled right um and occasionally it would run uh you know you you run 20,000 ads in a month or whatever yeah. one or two of them might have an error that you missed and, oh wow you know that wasn't fun because <laughs> in the newspaper, you can't fix it. If there's a, no, it's a, run in print. Yeah, a, a digital ad, you could probably go in, yep. pause the ad, make the adjustments, and then run it again. Exactly. But this is one and done. One and done. And so definitely had uh, headaches there. And I know, I know you're probably looking for uh, bigger pitfalls along the career path, which I'll get into. But uh, but nonetheless, started there. And so the transition of media, and that's where it's kind of the analog and the digital came. I came up through that, but in real time, like working with Verizon, ironically, um, 
as the smartphone that I hold in my hand, that world came about and mm-hmm. digital media is coming into play. Social media is coming into play. This transition of mediums and vehicles with which to t- for that to broadcast mm-hmm. uh, was all changing right in the middle of my career. Yeah. So I got to experience and knew – so I can walk into boardrooms now and have that – analog discussion with some old OGs, yeah. you know, like CEOs of companies and all that. We can have that discussion. We can talk about how it was in the good old days. But I've also lived and experienced and have a digital agency that's doing real new world stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's always been an interesting dynamic of my career of having both lived and executed in both the analog and the digital. Yeah. Uh, and watching that transition happen in real time while I'm working at ad agencies going, wait a second. Newspapers are closing. Radio stations are moving all to Sirius XM. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I need to. I need to make sure I'm learning this digital thing yeah. as I moved along. Well, right that that right there. I think what you're talking about is awareness and the ability to adapt. I think I love the fact. The reason I asked the question about why some folks are they're they're hard on. I don't need social media. They're refusing to change almost. And I think as you saw the change in advertising and in marketing, that the companies that refuse to adapt and change, they've they've suffered the consequences. Yep. So kind of looking at the environment and being attentive enough to see, okay, these these avenues are moving elsewhere. I better upgrade my skills yep. and yep. kind of roll with it where it goes. How important is it for anybody, regardless of their expertise, their their industry, to kind of always kind of update their skills and, and roll with where the industry is going? I will say, you know, I'm going to answer that in two different ways. Number one, and I don't know that until this very moment I've put my finger on it. And, you know, I've had success. I've had failures. Um, I'm pretty successful overall. Mm -hmm. I would say my number one reason for success is my ability to adapt and change. Yeah. And and, and, and Mm -hmm. to not, and I even have friends, you know, I'm 42 years old. I have friends that... You know, we all look the same, but if there's one characteristic that's different than me and most of my friends, I've always been an early adopter. I've always been kind of a tech person. Like I was the one, you know, putting all my CD, all my tapes to CDs when you could burn them and do all that. I was all, and I've always been Getting open. The APKs and like, stuff. like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, like, like I didn't phones. have a single, yeah. like, yeah. You know, I didn't have new, a CD or DVD in my, the moment stuff. you could yeah. have digital media, mm-hmm. I didn't have a CD or DVD in my nothing, house, yeah. like yeah. nothing. Mm-hmm. But I've always been open to embracing and seeing trends or changes and going, I see where this is going. Mm-hmm. I have no, um, I don't hold on to anything. It's almost kind of like mm-hmm. houses and different things. You get attached to it. I don't get mm-hmm. attached to the old ways of doing things. I've always said, that's where it's going. I'm going there. I've got no attachment to this. I'm not going to get lost in the shuffle. I'm going to go there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so people that aren't willing to do that are always going to be behind. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you have to be at level 12, which I might be, because that's just how I was made, mm-hmm. you know. But if you aren't willing to let go, it will pass you by in a hurry. The market yeah. is the market is the market. And it's going – you can't stop inertia in the bus. Yeah. That bus is moving. Mm-hmm. You can you can hold on and do whatever. You're going to get in the way. You're going to get run over and left behind. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Have there been any trends that you missed out on or anything that kind of like, you're like, ah, I missed that? I was ahead of and too early on. This was a startup, started iDrive On Demand, Mm -hmm. my successful failure, as I like to call it. Um, 
it's we were doing what Carvana. If you see the all the stuff, this the the online cars don't go. Mm-hmm. You know, we were a we were a digital shopping place. This is 2013. Mm-hmm. This was we were too early, and uh, in that that was I don't think I've ever been behind, but I've maybe been too. It's kind of like AR and VR now. Mm-hmm. I think people that are putting all their money in this, mm-hmm. it's coming. Yeah, but it but I but it's. A little early. It's like MySpace. I think MySpace was supposed to come after Facebook. Yeah, when right. You think about it now. Like we have the top five songs. Think about how <laughs> musically inclined we are. You could yeah. add a podcast on mm-hmm. there. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Where if MySpace would have came around the same time as Facebook, I think we'd definitely see a decline in Facebook. And I, um, I think if there's one thing that I was maybe not behind, but relative to other things, I feel like I've been ahead of. Um, and that we've adapted here at Radical, and like when I started Radical two years ago, mm-hmm. I think I could have been ahead of this video and content thing. Mm-hmm. I saw it five years ago, and I was like, "Wait a second! It's becoming a more ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. Smartphones are easier to con- adopt. This is all going there. Doing high quality video is not as expensive as it used to be. Like, okay, I need to go all in on video and content. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I saw that five years ago, but I didn't even personally start really adopting it till I'm like when I started Radical. Like that was like game on. Mm-hmm. I think I could have done it five years ago, and and Radical would probably be you know a twenty million dollar agency instead of a three million dollar agency because yeah. we would have been three or you yeah. know three years ahead of it. Yeah, y'all hiring? <laughs> <laughs> How important is it to trust your gut with all that? Because I think I. For anybody that's entrepreneurial or been trying to do things, start companies, I think there's a combination of paying attention to where the market's going and what your industry's doing, but also a little innovation. You want to disrupt an industry, right? So how important is it to listen to your gut along the way? I mean, when you you see the ubiquitousness of of these videos on smartphones, the accessibility of it right now, podcasts, audio, a lot of advertising, I think advertisers might start paying a little bit more attention to audio. Yeah, because a lot more people are listening to podcasts and things like that. How important is it to, I guess, trust your gut and just go for it? I think it's it's really important. I, you know, when I've had, I get asked this question a fair amount in like different ways, I always table it with a little bit of practicality. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe in believing in your gut. I believe in if you got an idea, following it through. But I also believe in making sure that there's a market for your idea or an immediate way. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I got, it was asked in a different way, but people are like, well, how did you know to start you know, Radical and what made you take that? Well, I had two clients that said, hey, go do your own thing. And, you know, and what they were willing to pay me would at least pay me what I could so I could pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it, it was practical, mm-hmm. you know, like, you, you know, and I, it's like, like <laughs> I, I didn't just go, man, I have this idea. Yeah, I think if that. we focus on content and we do radical stuff and like we get in digital and like we make it affordable for small to mean business. Yeah, I had that was all the idea. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't going to I just what I needed some I, I got babies yeah. to feed, yeah, and, and a, you know, and a wife and a house and all those things. So, you know, it wasn't that I wasn't willing to step, take two steps back to take 12 forward, but I wasn't going to take 12 back yeah. to take 14 forward, yeah. you know, and sometimes, you know, when I get asked that question, it's like, easy. yeah, oh man, you got to go all in. You got to give it all up. You got to do it. No, you got to be a little more practical than that. Mm-hmm. You got to. You got to test your concept a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, make sure you've got mm-hmm. a market, you know, if you're going to go all in, whether it's an idea, 
you know, and if you can do it moonlighting, you know, by keeping your income and do all things, do it that way. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Low overhead. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's also important on where you, where you're at in your life with your priorities. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean like a year and a half ago or about eight months ago, I lost every piece of equipment I had. And I was like, I mean, do I want to get a nine to five or is it like, I mean, I can build this back up again. Whereas like if I did have kids realistically being able to restart everything over from ground one, yeah. that's money. I'm like, ah, maybe I do need to get hired by someone for six months. And <laughs> yeah. that up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To put you back in that position. But I think that's, yeah, that's, it, it depends mm-hmm. on where you're at too. I think the reality of it is, is some folks just quite frankly, aren't willing to make the sacrifices to start the side hustle. Mm-hmm. They might be working yeah. a job and they say, okay, I want to do this. Yeah. But you're going to have to be up until 3am mm-hmm. every day for about a year, maybe three before this can replace the income that your job is working Mm -hmm. for somebody that's probably sitting on that. I mean, I used to always say it's going to be harder than you think, but easier than you expect. What would you tell somebody that's sitting kind of on the edge of their seats with an idea that they haven't just gone for yet? How would you kind of tip them off that edge? I think again, I'll answer a couple of different ways. First, it's okay that we're not all made to be entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the ubiquitous nature and entrepreneurship is sexy and Insta famous and everybody looks like they're flying on jets and they don't really have a job and all that. It's created this perception that's not reality. Mm -hmm. And so first and foremost, I would coach people and you know, if I was talking with them or having this conversation, and kind of get a, you know counsel them if I felt like they really had it in them mm-hmm. if they had the skill set, not just the initiative you know that's sixty percent of it probably, but they really have the skill set to make this a, a reality. Yeah, and it's okay that because it's not everyone. Just like I'm never going to be a rocket science, and I'm not going to own Apple, and mm-hmm. like it's okay. I just mm-hmm. very it's the one percent. You know I'm a I may or may not probably very unlikely I will ever be in that yeah. 1%, but it's okay, you know, because it's 1% for a reason. Mm-hmm. And yeah, entrepreneurship is great and it's wonderful, but it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so that would be the first thing. But if you have an idea that you've tested in, in a small way or small market, you know, it's successful. It's not a um, product that, there's a million of them, mm-hmm. you know, your t-shirt company, you better have a really great t-shirt. Yeah. I mean, cause everybody's <laughs> got a t-shirt brand yeah. and you know, and I have friends that have t-shirt brands and I respect them and some of them are great, you know, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of them, yeah. you know? So, but if you have something that's truly unique, truly differentiated in the market, you have a plan for it, then it's just the courage to kind of take a step forward mm-hmm. in a practical way. Mm-hmm. And that is hard to counsel uh, because courage is not really a learned skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, it's back to, I think, some practical decisions that you have to make. And you've got to, just like you said, well, you know, three, staying up till 3 a.m. or doing those things, some people just aren't going to be able to stick with that. Yeah. You know? And so, and it's okay. Some people, some, the happiest people, some of the happiest people I know work nine to five mm-hmm. and they make $40,000 a year. And, you know, they play dodgeball and soccer and, and they take their kids to school and they're the happiest little family ever. That's mm-hmm. fine. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. You're happy. 
Yeah. You know, be happy. Um, but if you've got an idea and you've got bigger ambitions and bigger goals, then you then you got to dive in. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that answer because I think that challenges people to analyze and audit what it is they actually want. Because mm-hmm. you can scroll through Instagram and you see the the Insta famous hopping on jets and things like that, and it looks it looks promising. Mm-hmm. It looks exciting. However, what they don't highlight is the work that gets there, and what they mm-hmm. don't highlight is that's not their jet. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> right. That, that trip was probably free. It probably cost them expenses and what they got paid. You yeah. know what I mean? And I can attest to that what you said too, where you have to try it in that controlled environment. Mm-hmm. I remember when I graduated from and I had five jobs in thirteen months. Mm-hmm. And I had a camera during the entire time. And throughout all those jobs, I remember I would I took pictures of my dog put them on instagram stuff like that and yep. i remember someone asked me so how, how much are your photos with with me and my dog and i was mm-hmm. like there's an idea yeah <laughs> yeah like, which i have family photos that you just that control like you said test it in that controlled environment but do it do it safely like do it while you're while you're not risking 100 of everything yeah so because I, when you're when you're passionate about something and you love it when you start making money on it it's gonna it's gonna test it the, that, that real love for it mm-hmm. i um, also so. think you know I'll say this, this is a hundred percent transparent because sometimes I've thought about this myself. Like we all get breaks and you know, I say, well, you create your own breaks. People say that, but you know, we, we all get breaks and things happen. I've never been the 6am to 3am worker guy, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you what I am. And even when I work for other people and have my own company now, I'm available and I'm willing to be available and work regardless of where I am. What do I mean by that? doesn't mean that I'm at my kid's soccer game, definitely looking. But when I'm in the car for two seconds, I'm willing to send two emails. When I get home and I've got two seconds or whatever, I've become very conscientious, especially with my family and my wife. She'll, I think she was, she was here. She'd say I've gotten a lot better at this because I don't let it take away from like the moment. Mm-hmm. But I am willing to be available and work pretty much any time that I have my own time. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's for everyone. I'm not saying it's healthy, mm-hmm. but it's always been a characteristic. Even when I was like a junior account executive VP, mm-hmm. I was willing to be on the way to the intramural basketball game and send four emails. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I got into a timeout, like an intramural game, no family, no kids, and I see a text message from a client, write them back. My, I have a lot of in, in trying to like, but but I wasn't necessarily staying up till two a.m. Mm-hmm. like doing the thing. But I was always willing to catch moments throughout. Yeah. I was willing to give up my personal time mm-hmm. about any time to get ahead in mm-hmm. business for my own self, and I still do that with Radical. My clients know they can get me. I'll always push. I get the most out of like every minute when I could be working. Yeah, and I will fully admit. That is, there's parts of that that are not completely healthy or the best thing for everyone. Mm-hmm. But that's been my way of getting ahead and my more than I work 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. I'm just willing for those 12 hours of awake time during the day, even laying bed at night, I'm willing to send four emails. You know, when I would I like to have the TV on and watching my Netflix and not be interrupted at all, of course. But I'm just willing to do that because I know that's what it takes to get ahead. Yeah. And, and what I, what I pick up with that is self-awareness. And I think throughout life in terms of being successful, people knowing themselves and, and knowing what they're willing to do and how they operate. Some people like to compartmentalize things mm-hmm. where I only answer my emails in this hour That's or, right. or things like that. But not everybody works like that. 
how long did it take you to kind of get into your groove and find out how you operate best? I think, like I said, like even in, you know, I came up through the agency ranks really quickly. I was promoted five times in five years. Mm -hmm. I went probably the fastest you can go from junior account executive to an account director's role within an agency. I opened our New York office. Like I was always willing to adapt within the realms of the time that I was awake naturally mm -hmm. to get ahead on those things. And that was just innate in me once I got into the workforce. And so I don't know that I, that was something I learned or, or stepped into or whatever. It was just kind of always innate in me a little bit. I immediately saw, and I didn't do this. Like I wasn't like always the go getter in college and high school and all that. I was a B student you know, I barely graduated from Clemson because I barely went to class. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, wasn't the greatest student. Yeah. Um, I w when I went to class and I took the test, I always made A's or B's uh, without even studying. Mm -hmm. Now I'm that I am that guy that everybody <laughs> hates. That oh, you don't have to study. No, but I hate going to class. You know. Yeah. But I didn't. But once I got into the workforce, and I'm like, okay, I'm here. I'm getting paid to be here. How do I make more money? Well, I got to get a higher position. How do I get a higher position? Well, I show initiative and, you know, make the client respect me more. And then when I, when like literally I think the first eight months I was in my first job, like my boss, which was just like one position higher and AE got, went and got married or something. I don't remember. And I went to my, their boss and was like, I want that job. Yeah. Like, you haven't even been here. You're not qualified for it. I'm going no, I want it. Mm -hmm. And to his credit, he gave it to me. He gave it to me seven times. And we grew that piece of business from $3 million to $40 million because he believed in me, and we took it there. I'd say you a good choice. <laughs> he did, and that was with a lot of teams' help. That wasn't just me. But I was always like – I've, and even in the agency world now, like I've, I'm really good at seeing opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like And like some people will – you know, you hear something and you just go, oh, we don't do that or we can't do that. And you're not being negative. You just don't – you're not seeing that that could lead to – this opportunity or this yeah. I've been very good and innate in that in my career of hearing the smallest little trail of breadcrumbs and <laughs> running down that path really quick. Yeah. It's like you're <laughs> connecting the dots in real time. And yeah. Like, Do you guys see this? Yeah. You see this? <laughs> like I walk into a room. I won't, I never forget like maybe three or four years of my career, you know, and working with Verizon a lot. We go into a meeting and, you know, we started getting higher in the ranks of the meetings we were in, we were invited to, we were doing the small piece of their business and a huge company. And they'd be like, you know, I think we're going to start doing this with uh sports sponsorships. You guys do that. Yeah, we do that. We yeah. do that. We, we can do that. We'd never done it in our lives. The agency had never done it. We started, we started departments <laughs> based on things that we had never done, but I would just hear, okay, that's an opportunity. And we'd go hire the right people to get, it wasn't like we just made it up. We'd go hire professionals and all that, but mm -hmm. I just saw, I'd be able to connect the dots and know, okay, that means more revenue, more mm -hmm. money. And I know we do a good job because we're going to just dog, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to run it down and make it happen. It wasn't like I was worried. I don't ever worry about how it's going to get done. Yeah. I, I, that's, I, and I would encourage people, don't worry about how it's going to get done. Just say you're going to get it done Nothing. and then figure it out. Yeah. What kind of unspoken <laughs> thing that I kind of, took from that too is you're I mean you also put yourself around individuals that are on the same path or in the same boat so to say they're, yeah they're also working you know what I'm saying they're they're people who are who are giving and taking um and that that goes like I mean I've had Charles and Ted be like before well, I mean I got a videographer who can do it and I'm sitting there like I don't know how to do that 
<laughs> and then I'm sitting there like, absolutely, man. We'll yeah. have that done in, you know I'm saying, two, three weeks. Absolutely, we'll get it done, you know? Yeah. Um, we're working things out. But you put your, you place yourself around those people who understand your goal, who also are going to like n- safely nudge mm-hmm. you. Like I, it's it's a safeness, like, uh, yeah. take that, uh, take that. I think know? it's also just realizing that we live in a world where the answers are at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. And whenever we have an, an idea or a question on how does it get done, there's an expert that's probably done it, knows how to do it, or we can figure out how to do it. When I started a podcast, I knew nothing about starting a podcast. Google and YouTube University was how I learned how to do it. Yep. So either you spend the time to learn how to do it yourself, or you spend the money to hire the right person that's right. with the expertise to do it. Um, one of my last questions, because I know we're running out of time here, so much more I'd love to unpack, but I always ask this question in the podcast, whether it be in their personal life or in business, what's one of the biggest storms you've overcome that gives you the confidence to take on whatever challenge comes your way? Well, you know, I like to say when I was a day old and uh, on life support because my my uh, left kidney, I was born with a cystic kidney. Oh, I was like wow. say I was born with uh, with adversity and uh, and uh, but they figured out it was cystic, so they took it out, and then I was fine and. Uh, Besides stunning my growth, I was going to be seven foot instead of six five. Uh, that's the joke because usually people with kidney problems uh, actually end up being short. But I was lucky enough to have that issue. So, all jokes aside, um, there's been a few different things. I, you know, it probably where I hit the most adversity was later in my career. You know, I went and did startup with iDrive, took out life savings, took out some of my four hundred one k to start that business. Um, all said, probably close to half a million dollars of personal funds, some investors that, that came on board on a smaller level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it failed, you know, we were ahead of our time. We definitely made some mistakes. Um, we had a, you know, a bad, not economy, but a couple of few bad months hit us at mm-hmm. an unexpected, you know, unexpected time. And it was kind of like, I can borrow more money. Um, and because it was literally like we went from, trajectory upward 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 everything's good not knowing or having the experience maybe in the car business maybe a little more overextended than we even realized and it was like three bad months it was like mm, yeah. i can't pay these bills you know yeah. literally unexpected um and so there's still you know people out there not too happy with me that invested you know to be quite frank you know transparent about it you know mm-hmm. sometimes you invest and you win and then you invest and you lose um I lost a lot of money, uh, but I learned a lot. And, you know, in the middle of your career, when you've been really successful, made a lot of money, and you're sitting, I won't say on flat zero, wasn't that quite that bad, but it wasn't far from that. you got a family to feed, and, you know, you've had all this success, and you're like, all right, now what? Yeah. And so, and that was, you know, in the middle part of my career, and I guess I'm still in the middle part. Um, but that was like, you know, you got to, pull your pants up, cinch that belt and get back to work. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a, you know, I joked another guy on a podcast, you know, had a pity party, you know, and you know, we threw a party, literally pity party, (laughs) you know, for, you know, a couple of weeks of me going, all right, now what, you know, I knew I had skill sets. So it was never a doubt in knowing if I could go make a dollar. I knew I could, but you know, confidence lost, um, belief in, you know, like, man, we had a great idea. Why didn't it work? You know, uh, why me? You know what? You know, a little bit of that. Um, but at the stage with, with you know, if that, had, if that had happened to me 
with no family, no kids, no anything at age 26, it would have been adversity, but it would have been different adversity. Yeah. You know, but at age 37-ish, uh, you know, when you've had a lot of success and known nothing really but success in business, it was a smack in the face. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had to pick up myself off the floor, went and worked for a couple other people and for a few years and, you know, started building back up and then started Radical and it's been, you know, a good ride, but you know, that was a challenge, yeah. you know, and I learned a lot, uh, but you know, it was difficult. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, getting through that and, and being where you are now, what are the rainbows you're currently chasing out there? What are some of the goals for, for yourself and Radical? Yeah, we're, um, you know, we're, we've, we've been growing fast. I, I've anecdotally and just learning a little bit uh, of what the numbers are. We're one of the faster growing agencies in the state mm-hmm. of South Carolina. Um, we've gone from, you know, 18 months, zero to seven figures in revenue. Uh, and, you know, it was just me in a co-work space, uh, you know, 18 months ago. Now it's about 12 of us and we, and I own the co-work space yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that we're in now. Uh, and then the agency is here. So we've had a really great ride in trajectory. We have some really great clients and partners that we work with. And, you know, I want us to stay boutique and small, uh, you know, so I want us to be probably in that 30 employee range, mm-hmm. uh, over the next two years and starting to, you know, it's less important to me that we have X number of clients or we're trying to get Nike or like a certain brand. I want to do great work for great people yeah. and that have great ideas. It's really hard to do great work with bad people. It's also hard to mm-hmm. do great work with bad ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what do I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Just this, sometimes there's just business models out there, small to medium business. It's just not a, it's not a sustainable model. Yeah. You know, it's blockbuster <laughs> video, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. this is not a good thing. And then they don't want to listen or something. Yeah. And so we want to work with great people. Um, we care about our clients. We're really vested with the clients we work with our universal reviews from clients. We get that feedback. And so, you know, just to kind of keep growing and we want to be a, a resource for small to be in businesses in Greenville, but we also want to grow more regionally, mm-hmm. which we're starting to do and get those opportunities. And I just want to really provide a place that people want to come to work. Yeah. Including myself. Yeah. I mean, it's selfish a little bit like, but I want to, I want to be here, but I want to create a space where people enjoy coming to work. They enjoy the clients that we work with because I think that's sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't say more good things about the, the co-work space that we're currently in right now. Camaraderie is awesome. The, the podcast studio is, is awesome. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that's going to be growing too as the yeah. years go on. Uh, last question really is how can folks get in touch with you, find out more about you, and maybe even use your services? And, and maybe if they're in the Greenville area, use the co-work space. Yeah, um, Camaraderie, uh, co-work uh, you can look it up if you look up Cowork Greenville or the old Google search, but mm-hmm. camaraderie, Cowork Greenville for the Cowork space. We're Radical, which is Radical.company. That's the website. Um, people get thrown off a little bit. That's not .com. No, it's Radical.company. Mm-hmm. Just type that out. You'll get to all of our stuff. And then I'm at Ryan Alford on Instagram. It's probably where I'm the most active. That's R-Y-A-N-A-L-F-O-R-D. And if you look me up on LinkedIn uh, as well, Ryan Alford there, feel all of our content, I post probably three to four times a day and stories and everything. So 
everything from personal stuff and positivity to marketing tips. Yeah, and I'm just over here trying to keep up, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, I appreciate the time yeah, today, and, and thanks you. so much. We're going to have to do this again sometime and, and unpack more into marketing because I really think our listeners can get a lot of value out of that. So if you're you're at home in the car or wherever you may be, maybe for a jog listening to this, make sure you reach out to Ryan and, and find out how he can help you out. Or even if you're in the Greenville area, check out the co-work space. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And as we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's grow. The No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.